doused the whole what? room. What? Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, it was a wild kid, for sure. Okay, <laughs> well, cheers. You guys ain't sipping, but... Uh, later, later. Okay. <laughs> but water's good, too. Yeah. Mm, good choice. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, refreshing... So what's that called? Sauvignon Blanc. I don't even want to try to say that. No. <laughs> I'm going to get it wrong. It's usually less oaky than a Chardonnay. So if you like the oak, yeah. then the Chardonnay. But if you like the fruitiness, Pinot Grigio, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Blanc, okay. which comes from our region in Switzerland. Your region. Yeah, let's get into that. So I'm sitting down with Johnny and Reg. Right. Of the Upper Strata <laughs> in from Basel. Basel, Switzerland. Basel, Switzerland. What's the other way people pronounce it? Basil? No, no, that's what you put on pizzas and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something different. Yeah, Something yeah, different yeah. entirely. But I, some people mispronounce it, I'm sure. I'm not the only one. But basil. I did say it right. There's a town called Basil? Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot. Actually, yeah, because so, yeah. Yeah, the way it's written out, of course. And then it's all, we got to sock nasally when we say <laughs> right, it, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. So you guys are wrapping up your, um, is it West Coast, Southwest tour? What was what? <laughs> Kind of the Southwest tour, yeah. I guess that's how it, how it went. We just didn't want to mess with the snow. So we didn't uh, go to Vancouver and Portland and some of the places we like to go to. Yeah. Montana and uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Idaho. We have a place we really love to play in Idaho. We mm-hmm. were scheduled to play in May, but uh, regular got another job, and uh, which we're happy about. But, yes. Uh, it meant that she had to shuffle her vacation plans, so we had to just throw something together really fast for March. It was the only way we were going to do it. But the, the good side about it was is that she had so much sort of overtime at her other job that we were able to go longer than we have in the past. Because nice. a lot of times when we come down from Portland to try to get through the southwest or, or go up north through Canada and Seattle and stuff, we, we would uh, only get a week or something like this, maybe like... 10 days and so yeah, yeah. Um, this time out was right around three weeks so yeah, three and a half weeks yeah. that's huge that's nice. yeah that's big so unfortunately because of all the restrictions and things it wasn't that many shows but uh, and we had a couple of mishaps where two shows didn't actually happen but oh man uh, and then there were a couple of shows that probably shouldn't have happened but you know <laughs> it's like that so but it's it's been good we've gotten to see some old friends including you uh and uh, we'll yeah. see who shows up tonight but uh yeah hope. that was always the story of our time in phoenix is oh, let's see how many how three or four people might show up to see us you know <laughs> but um, you play your hearts out i'm right there with you man it's we do we i do. just joined my buddy's band the metropolis man and it and it's uh yeah he's talking about like let's go here let's go there and his flexible is way more or his schedule is way more flexible than mine uh-huh. and uh you know but i'm we're trying i'm trying to do as much as I can. So we've been talking about like a, a small tour, like you said, maybe a week or so. Yeah, you know, a week, yeah. eight days, nine well, days at most. You're situated to where you can hit Albuquerque, you can hit Santa Fe, you yes. can hit some cool places on the weekend, or just like over a couple of days and come mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. We were doing stuff like that too, where we go up to Whistler and then hit Vancouver on the way back and Seattle on a Sunday. You know, it'd be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday little tour. Yeah, um, international tour. Yeah, then yeah. you're like crossing borders and stuff, yeah. and so it feels like a big deal. And, um, we started doing little things like that years and years ago, and then we just kind of got a taste for it. And so we would, when we were living in the states, we would do uh, two two weeks at mm-hmm. least, going out, um, usually in the fall and then in the, maybe in the spring. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's 
it's interesting with the logistics anyhow, yes. but then with COVID, it was pretty bad. So Yeah, with uh, COVID, and I mean, yeah, you guys are, are from here. You guys were familiar with the states, but, like, you still had to get here, like, yeah. you know, to, to fly out. It's not a straight shot from Switzerland, is it? We stopped off in London, um, and, um, you know, uh, we have a little tiny airport in Basel, it's not like I mean it's international. British Airways flies out of there, but uh-huh. they we still ended up stopping in England. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's all. It was a few hours there. It wasn't that big a deal. Uh, but the PCR test and all that stuff, not knowing if you're going to go until the very last minute to see when your test results come in, was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. And so you're making all these plans and you're hoping you're going to get things together, and then you've got holes in your schedule on the tour schedule, and you're like, well. If we get on the plane and we get there, we're going to keep trying to get a hold of bands. We just went to clubs and said, hey, you got a stage. You want music tonight and stuff. It never worked, but, you know, we kept trying to (laughs) find places. But we made contact with other places that were like, no, come on back on a weekend and play. And we distributed a lot of the albums and uh, the booklets for the albums and just got them out to people, which is the main thing because it's just sitting. Well, then then you guys put in like that's that's a lot of effort. In, into those pieces there so I'm, I'm very thankful that you you've set some aside for me to to have yeah <laughs> that's that fog book is a rarity now we we're out of them so Ooh, yeah, well, no. i had the digital version but tangible no yeah, it's uh it's, it's different it's a much bigger deal i mean the the artwork itself and everything is just really quite gorgeous and God. um so who took those photos you guys it's did? a it's a yeah. mixture of uh of photos from uh that are uh like license free ones gotcha. and then, uh, okay. a lot of them are ours like this is all ours in Iceland yeah and in, Nor- in Norway and you know we recorded it in Norway which is pretty intriguing to people I think uh, last night when we were playing and, and we were describing it yeah we're sitting on this fjord and we put the microphone out and recorded the sound of the fjord and people were pretty entranced by that yeah um, well you guys were busy last night and that's yeah, that desert man that's you know, a cool spot up in there you know? yeah Oh yeah, Bisbee is is awesome. And when we lived here, we would go down to Bisbee as often as we could. And we, they were kind of amazed that when we were like, yeah, we played every place in Bisbee that you can. Some are closed now, and they were kind of, huh? It's strange that you would come all the way from Switzerland to come to Bisbee. And yeah, but you know, at one point the place was packed, and we we're just doing our thing. And I was just lost in the song. And I looked out, and I was like, I'm part of that weird magic that is Bisbee right now. I'm, I'm helping that happen. Yeah. I'm helping that myth of... Because the first time we went, we went and saw a group called Nowhere Man and Whiskey Girl mm-hmm. that are no longer with us. Um, and they made some amazing music, and you should Google them and check them out if you try to find whatever's still available from them. Yeah. Um, but they were legends in Bisbee for a time. And... Uh, we went into the Copper Queen and they were doing their thing and we were just mesmerized and we're like, this place is magic. And we'd seen another guy, Mike Montoya, who's been in a bunch of bands. And he was playing at the vegetarian place in that alley there, Poco. Okay. And uh, get a good vegetarian Sonoran dog, which is kind of twisted. But at any rate, um, <laughs> he was killing it. Nowhere Man, Whiskey Girl, Amy and Derek were killing it. And we were like, wow, this place. What is going on, you know? We didn't even know about all the haunted stuff and all that. That's a whole other facet to Bisbee yes, and Jerome, huge. too. But, yeah. uh, and we just got into playing Jerome and Bisbee. And so we started looking for places like that um, when we would play. So we would play Bozeman. We would play little towns in Idaho. And 
We like those places where people kind of have deliberately gone off the grid. Yeah. To yeah, yeah, to yeah. determine their own their own existence, you know, and maybe it's hard, maybe it doesn't always work. Um, and we even wrote the song "Sitting Stubborn" about that. It's harder to try to stay put in a ghost town, yeah, where maybe nothing's going on, than it is to maybe just pack up and go and, and uh, like you know, stick it out, hitch up the wagon. You know, that's the American way, right? Of uh, we, I wrote the song "Manifest" about that, <laughs> about you know, manifest destiny, and there, people are always. And it's amazing to me when we're out on the road and we're seeing so many U-Hauls around and stuff, and it's like. It's just so American. Yeah. You, know, you don't have everywhere. many roots. You just get, since the pioneering days, you know, people yeah. get up and go. Well, in Arizona, it's like that. So many transplants. Yeah. When they ask me where I'm from, and I'm like, oh, I'm from Arizona. They're like, oh, you're one of the few. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like a unicorn, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, and I, I was from Florida, and nobody was from Florida. I wasn't even born in Florida, but I lived my, you know, a lot of my life there. But, it, yeah, it was really rare to meet a native, somebody who's really yeah. from Arizona or Florida. But yeah, that's part of American way, right? And we're not we're not any better. We lived in Portland, we lived in Colorado. We lived in, <laughs> I lived in, in New Mexico and yeah. now we're in Switzerland. A lot of people that you meet in Switzerland, I mean, are they, you know, Swiss? Are they from yeah. Switzerland? Yeah, yeah. yeah most um, yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, but we usually get bored after two years in a place or three years, and then we're like, so where are we well, going to go you next? You guys play out. You guys are very active. You're all about history and, like, uh, the culture and museums and all that. So you guys, I feel like you guys, when you're somewhere, you get the feel yeah, of the whole place. Yeah, we do a lot of exploring wherever we're at, whether it was here going to Jerome and Prescott and places like that and, and just you know old ghost towns and things there it's like we'll go into these little german towns or we'll go into little french towns and 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 just like find out what the local specialties are here you know yeah, and yeah. um we got hooked on these german raviolis for a little while uh from uh just across the border and so what makes them german though they're they have like uh minced meat in them uh-huh. and spinach usually and some chive and parsley um, but they're not like the typical cheesy ravioli that you get in Italy. You don't gotcha. do them with tomato sauce. You just do them in a broth. Oh, gotcha. So okay. It's really good winter food. Maltaschen is what they're called. And they're, there's just lots and lots of layers of pasta and meat like rolled over. And so, it, you know, you, you learn these things just from from roaming around. And it's like a specialty that, that German grandmothers know. But, you know, I didn't obviously grow up with that. No. She didn't even know it. No. You know, it's a, it's a few hours away from where... She did grow up, but totally different world once soon as you cross the border into Germany or France. So. It really is because it's so dense, right? Yeah, it's yeah just so for sure. Dense. And, and, and the history is just so like deep. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. And what you were saying about, you know, when you talk to people, it's, it's so specific that they even have their own dialect a lot of times in this yes. little region. Yeah. And as soon as you cross that bridge, you're not one of us anymore. You know, you're in another canton, you're in another... Culture. Uh, you may even speak another language, you know, because there's four languages in Switzerland. So there um, is. Hold on, hold on. All right. Yeah, yeah. What are they? German, supposedly, but it's a Swiss type of German. <laughs> um, French, whatever. Which is like American English is not English. No, ah, it's true. It's, like it's true. <laughs> it really isn't. I tried to do a Cambridge course, and it's it's really really not English. Wow. It's, there's a lot that's very completely incorrect that we do all the time and don't think anything of it but does it get the point across no not not normally <laughs> that's the problem that's the problem yeah so but the other language italian is spoken in in the area that borders italy yeah really beautiful area 
Um, and then there's one canton where they speak uh, what's called Retro-Romanish, which is like a living Latin. Oh. And they ha- it's on the endangered language list. Go to UNESCO website and look up endangered language list uh, because that's an uh, eye-opener to see how many indigenous people out there are still fighting to keep their language alive, yeah. including the folks that live in Graubünden, which is... Uh, um, I'm just lo- laughing at the pronunciation. Oh, sorry. wait. How oh, no, no, should no, it no. be done? Oh, no, 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 no. It's cute. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah. it. So, like, it's actually one of the the largest cantons. It's, it's one of the larger ones, but it's one it's the only place in the world where they speak this language. So, uh, <laughs> it is. But yeah, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Well, I, I got to take your word for it. Right. So, it's interesting because, you know, it sounds like a Latin language, but it's... Uh, it's its own weird thing. There used to be hundreds of dialects of it, and they've all gone away over the years. There's very few of them left. Uh, I think they're down to like 50 dialects of. No, five. Now five. Oh, wow. I gotta. Sheesh. That's terrible. They tried to save it, so they yeah. made it an official language and have radio and television and newspapers in the language to try to save it, but people yeah. go to Zurich for work and get out, and they don't yeah. take the language with them. And very few people will speak all four official languages. I've only ever met like two people that could do that. Um, so that would, it would take a lot of work to maintain that. I mean, even with my Spanish as my first language, mm-hmm. I I only use it at work, and then every now and then when I talk to family members, you know, right. that's like take it. It's like, that that's their main you know language. So it's like that's the only time I really use it. So mm-hmm. like a lot of it just kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so easy to fall by the wayside. Yeah. Right. But then there's regional dialects of that as well. You, know, mm-hmm. you get into uh, very different accents, very different like slangs and things. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, Spang- I grew up with Spanglish, you know? So right. it's like tape. Tape would be tape. You just say, you just, it's literally just English, but you're just saying it with a Hispanic accent. Right. Yeah. Snake like, would be snackers. Snackers. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. Yeah, I remember... Uh, working in New Mexico and the ladies were talking about the watchman which was the watchman like uh, the security got the watchman yeah the watchman yeah okay you know I was watching a video the other day on, on Japanese uh, culture and samurais in particular and like the, the shoes that they wore and one of the first ones that they said like threw me right back to my childhood uh, the Japanese called a version of it a warache which is literally what we would call your sandals would be like your waraches. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so I'm like, it's literally exactly, you say it the same as the Japanese did centuries ago. And I wow. grew up saying waraches all the time. Was it from the Spanish travelers running across that? And I don't know. I mean, it was spelled... I guess I never tried to spell Huarache, but it was spelled <laughs> with, you know, I think there's a J in there and there would never be a J in, in, oh, okay. in Spanish. Um, but it, um, it was basically a, a sandal made out of straw, rice straw. Okay. So that's, that's wow. Was. But I, I was just thrown back. I was like, oh, shoot, like, I know that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of weird ones like that because if you order a tortilla in Spain, you get an omelet. It's a oh. flat, like, omelet. Almost and like an empanada? No, 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 more like a, uh, just like a... Frittata, I guess I was like thinking I was thinking like a like a, a pasty, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, but like in the Caribbean they have what they call pasteles. Mm-hmm, pasteles mm-hmm. are like a, they're usually a root tamale. Yeah. But pasteles everywhere else in the Hispanic world is a sweet, like a, a sweet. cake. But if the conquistador saw the, the natives making something 
on these hot plates. They, mm. they would heat up these stones and make these little tamales. And they're, oh, they look like little cakes, so they call them pasteles. And it's totally not. It's totally not what you get at your typical bakery around here or something like that. Yeah, but that. they didn't care. They were calling them Indians. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> they thought they were somewhere in Asia. So, yeah. They had a lot of things they were a little messed up with. Yeah. And still are. Yeah. And still are. Yeah. So what's it? Uh, what's it take for you guys to like kind of muster up, you know, not the courage, but like, all right, let's dig down because we're going on a three week tour. Like, what are like the kind of the obstacles other than, you know, of course, the COVID restrictions, uh, restrictions, I guess I would say, you know, between you as like a duo and a couple. Well, for me, all that. Yeah. For me, it's like, okay, in California, I need tacos. In New Mexico, I need green chili. Yeah. And so I, I planned the entire tour with food, with food. in mind. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's well, what I, I would do. And then a lot of it is like, okay, are we adding songs to the set list? We, like, if, if we just did the same set night after night, we would be so rock solid and we would, it's like training for a marathon and then yeah. doing the marathon and you do that, you know, and you play like seven days in a row and maybe two shows in a day in some, some cases, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you're you're solid yes. but what we do <laughs> is we'll do a hybrid set where the first hour is acoustic and it's all americana and blues and stuff and then the second set gets into more of the the indie electronic stuff and then the the final set is dance or something you know? so what we did in, in uh bisbee last night for example or nice. in sonoma when we played in sonoma we did that same thing that's a lot of guitars that's a lot of logistics yeah. And so you need to be rehearsing your acoustic set, your Delta Blues stuff, yeah. your electronic set, your new stuff, the stuff that's fallen through the cracks, and you have to make those hard decisions about, like, okay, uh, we're not playing this live ever again. It doesn't work. I don't yeah. want to sing it anymore. I don't want, you know, you have to, with like seven albums, it's, you know, you have to let some songs go. And uh, sometimes it's like people revive them. They're like, no, I really love that song. You should bring it back. Or Ooh. like in the case of Sitting Stubborn, we had uh, the concert that we did at a concert hall where people, where they wanted a theme. And we latched onto the theme of, that I was describing of people staying put and being stubborn, which works for the region we played in because they're very stubborn people. Um, so That's we had, the region I'm from. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, so, I know. So they had to bring back that song, and that was a song that had just gone off the set list for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's one that people really love because there's a story behind it. But um, at any rate, um, so those are the kind of hard decisions that I had to make. It was like, well, which, how are we making an acoustic set for these venues, a uh, hybrid set for these venues, and then just a streamlined hot set for when we actually have a sound person and play a club with another band or something like what we're doing tonight, it's like probably 45 minute set and it's mm. just gonna be no guitar changes, no, just do your thing. Come in and rock out. Yeah, and yeah. just, and whereas if we have to play for three hours, there's gonna be a guitar change. There's yeah. gonna be, you know, other things in there like some slide <laughs> guitar and things where, you know, so those are the, the logistics and sorts of uh, decisions you have to make before getting on the plane, on my end at least, and then we have to agree on it, because we'll we'll rehearse it, and if it just doesn't flow, or it feels like, oh, there's too many songs that we're not sure of in a row, you're not gonna have the confidence, you're gonna lose the audience, you need to bring them back again. So, you know, you have to space it out where uh, 
where uh, you've got the songs that are going to bring the crowd back. Yeah, you and know then, the you know the ones that are going to hit. Or yeah, in in the hip world, the bangers. Yeah, you got to play a banger right here to bring them back. Yeah, well, and then it depends what shows you're going to book. Like we had one. Um, in Kingman, Arizona, on the Route 66, and it was yeah. just a wine bar. We're like, all right, so we're gonna have to go really bluesy yeah. Americana. Well, when, for one, it's on Route 66, yeah. and then it's a wine bar. So yeah. a wine bar has a certain like level mm-hmm. of patron, I guess, yeah. right? Right. And then the funny thing is, we go in thinking we're we're Delta as hell, that we're all Americana, but they got they got that dialed in on another level. We had the same thing happen when we went to New Orleans, and we're like, oh, we're bringing the swampy music to New Orleans. And oh, no. It sounded like the desert when we brought it. It didn't have that swampiness that they do better there. And so it was the same kind of thing. And we sounded like we were playing jazz or something to them on Route 66. And they were like, you know, wow, this is refreshing. This is just totally not what we hear day after day, Elvis impersonators and whatever else, country, like hardcore country. (laughs) And we think we have a twang sometimes, but we just don't, not like. But that's the thing of you guys, like, (laughs) being so fluid with your music styles. It's that, you know, you do Delta Blues, but then it's like it's not as, like, entrenched because you have these other influences that you still like to dabble in. Right. So that's 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 a small if you how you want to view it, it's a small downside of being so fluid in that sense because i yeah. experienced that like i have a lot of interest in different things but i'm never like fully I'm invested a master in one thing in one, yeah. no yeah. but that allows me to kind of be able to jump around in groups and kind of you know mm-hmm. fit in a little bit where i can right and um and i think ultimately they're, they're, they both have their benefits mm-hmm. the benefit i see in the way in the way that is is that you just get more versatile i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, more more information kind of shapes your your, your knowledge and you know your beliefs and all that. Uh, yeah. Versus if you come to the mastery point, well, you've really mastered one specific thing, and, and you you have a specific knowledge or an angle to provide to the world that wouldn't otherwise have it because nobody else has dove that deep into it and and, you know it's like the monk that goes and sits in a cave for 35 years you know and it's like (laughs) and they come out and they're like it's like how can you have like this wisdom from just (laughs) sitting alone forever but it's like you literally we sat alone for two years it's called the pandemic (laughs) and now we're out yeah that's another story that's another story story. but no and uh and that gets into a, a situation too where if you're playing the blues like you're playing the blues now and you're going to run into this where it's like people view it as a canon like this is this these are the sacred songs and you don't veer too much with that um mm-hmm. and we would run into trouble because we would go to a blues show playing for the blues society of phoenix or something we didn't have fedoras and the suits and we you know we look like kids or something to their eyes yes and then um and then we're mixing hip-hop beats with it and stuff and so there's that okay fusions are really cool fusions are interesting fusions are motion um so are you gonna bring a hip-hop sensibility to some of your blues and make that interesting you know uh, in that way or are you gonna create a sacrilege situation where people are gonna be mad at you so yeah you know you have to walk that that sort of uh that fine line that reminds me of um What's that band? Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's complaining that, oh, that rock and roll isn't like it used to be. Or I wish it was more like that. They come out and they sound like a carbon copy of freaking Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's mad because they're like, <laughs> you sound like Led Zeppelin. It's like, you were literally just complaining <laughs> that you don't get this type of music anymore. Right. Here we are, and you're still not satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. On that theme, something that has been following us this whole tour has oh, been classic rock classic songs rock. that we never ever wanted to hear again. Really? All like in the same sitting. Why? Because so of like, the FM radio or something? Yeah. Or? Well, that? our car didn't have Bluetooth. Uh, Such yeah. an old uh, van. That, we were yeah. stuck with FM radio and sometimes nothing because we were in the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> You so hit you that. You hit that scan, and it's the public radio station, and it goes all the way around. It comes back, and there it is again. And whereas it's like there's seven country stations, and somehow, you know, nothing else, or uh, lots of uh, lots of Mexican music, yeah, which we, like, yeah, we we rock out on that too. We rock <laughs> yeah. it. We were jamming on it last night too, and I love that music. I, and uh, especially when they get uh, like those that trumpet sound. It sounds like to me like drunk trumpets. It sounds like. You know, it's just yeah. like it's not the precise yes. trumpet sound like of a of like Spanish music. It's like uh, it's a little like it's falling down stairs or something. Yeah. You know, and I, I love that sound. But there are a few shots of tequila. Yeah, they're already <laughs> into it. Yeah, and they know who they're you know performing for the bass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what we were listening to one yesterday was like singing about how glorious it was riding with Pancho Villa and stuff. And we're like, that's, okay. so, that's so cool. <laughs> and you just don't get that in Switzerland. Nobody no. knows that stuff. You know? right? And her family is very folkloric oriented. So she knows a lot of the Austrian and, and, and Swiss folk tunes. And um, like they would get together and honestly yodel. You know, they would sit around and yodel and stuff. And Can you yodel? Hike, hiking and stuff they would. No. And you're going to say no because if you say yeah, I would ask you to do it, right? That's no. why you're saying no. <laughs> she knows no. them all. She knows them all, but she's she's gonna need like no. three margaritas before she'd start singing any Swiss folk songs. So margaritas, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna start that. Because then she'll yodel through your whole set. She'll mess up the whole set. Yeah. She'll I think out. I had as many margaritas as shows in these three and a half weeks. Really? Yeah, but we were on a taco binge for sure. Ooh, Burritos sorry. and tacos. And what's the go-to? What's the go-to? Is it pastor asada? Lengua, asada, carnitas for me. Car- yeah, carnitas. Yeah, pork. Carnitas, yeah. yeah. Um, salty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've had every kind. We've had every kind. We even had like a strange fried chicken burrito thing with green chili that was like fire hot. Sour cream? Place. No, sour cream in there, but it was good. It was good. It was a little place in Silver City, but... Yeah, we're all about the food when we travel, so... You have to. I mean, to experience a region, you experience what they what they choose to nourish their bodies with, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure. You know, so it's like, you know, step away from the fast food joints that you'll find on every corner and find that hole in the wall and be like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, even more so if it's if it's all locally sourced, mm-hmm. then you really mm-hmm. know. Are you guys taking any cans of green chili back with you? You know what? We tried, but we already ate it all. So <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we were going to do that. We were in Hatch. We were in, like, the motherland of... of green chili yeah you know and it, that was like a that was a big deal for us to be standing in hatch like we're, we're here this is where it comes from you know we're taking all these pictures and it's a kooky weird little place yeah and uh they know it and yeah. uh, we're there in the chili market and there's just like kitschy stuff from the chili market and we bought this fire hot thing we had a bunch of burritos and stuff and we, it's all gone. We ate it all already, so we, we're not taking anything back. <laughs> that good. It's, it's terrible. That good, it's terrible. <laughs> we meant to because, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to be missing it. There's, they don't even know what that is. There's, there's no concept. That, and, like, black pepper is, is too spicy it's for a Swiss spice, taste. Right? Yeah, for, yeah, for a Swiss taste, you know. 
So there's no like Thai restaurants. No, there, there is, but they make it really, really mild and um, like even like sriracha is too hot for most Swiss people, I think. You know, the first few times I had sriracha, I was like, wow, this is like really like, oh, it's a bit much. But then, you know, a handful of times then I'm just like, oh, just lather it on, yeah. you know. But the first few times for whatever, like I just wasn't used to whatever that is. I don't mm-hmm. know. Is it? What's, chili, it, what's it? Red chili. Red chili? Red chili, yeah. It's made but in California. It's why a do I Vietnamese feel like it's, uh, immigrant yeah. that started that company. Yeah. And he's trying to, he would go door to door selling it to people because they missed it from Vietnam and uh, eventually he formed a company. He's one of the like most successful businessmen out there and there's a good documentary on, uh, yeah. it's like on the library channel. I feel channel like I saw something or I read an article but I think it was focusing on like the, the poor town that's sitting outside of the big factory where it's just like in, infested with <laughs> sriracha. Just imagine where yeah, sriracha is yeah. made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think well, that's they show the people that their hazmat suits making because the peppers are so hot, you know, and they're stuffing these machines with, with little deadly peppers. And, yeah. and, you know, you can't handle that stuff. There's no way. Like she tried to peel a hatch chilies one year by hand without gloves, and that oh, was a mistake. She had, looked like she had third degree burns on her from well, peeling the peppers. So. It was really? kind of fine, but every time I washed my hands for the next two days, it would just burn like mad. Because it seeped into like yeah. your cracks and yeah. your yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's hardcore. Oh, and there, there was a guy that was a guitarist for the Decemberist, and he was from uh, I think Wagon Mountain, New Mexico. Um, and he missed green chili when he was living in Portland, and he started to do like a cooperative to bring up the green chili yeah. to to the markets. And so they had a tuk tuk with a drum on it, and they would fire them right in the parking lot of this New Seasons uh, chain in, in the Northwest. Yeah, and you could buy bags of them just like you could in New Mexico. And so she bought them, and they they were like, yeah, we're out of the mild. All we have is the extra hot. She's like, well, I'll Just get the extra I'll hot. get it, and then she used a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was brutal. It was really brutal. But <laughs> we got through it. We got through it. Yeah, we, we did that stuff. So well, did you you pick these up in New Mexico as well? Yeah, yeah, those are really good. So New Mexican wedding cookies. What's funny is is you get those in Morocco and North Africa, and it's the same It's the same, same thing, thing, huh? Yeah, it's so the same thing. Yeah, because it, sa- it says for all occasions, so they're called wedding cookies, but... Oh, they're just good, and they're, like, nutty tasting and... Way out west. Wow. Way out west. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> There's a million things like that, though, that you, you would never find in Europe anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, of course, there's incredible things in Europe. But, You're you know. brave. They're full of green chili and super spicy. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> mm. I would like, knowing me, my fat kid, my inner fat kid would just open this up, grab milk, and then uh, grab a spoon. Oh, <laughs> that might be the way I would have liked it. Yeah, you get that was my thing. cookie crisp cereal That's from what back I would in the do. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember that? So, so <laughs> my parents would go, you know, I'm, I'm from outside of Yuma. So we drive an hour, an hour and a half to San Luis mm-hmm. uh, in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd go shopping, do our things, eat, eat shrimp, chicken. And then um, we'd always stop at the donut shop and grab the, the conches, those. Mm-hmm. And so there would always be some at the house. And that was my thing. I'd break them up, shove them in a Harkins freaking movie cup, <laughs> throw milk in there, go, go hide in a corner and just shove my face. With it. So good. So bad for you, but so good. That's crazy. So that's what this reminds me of. Nice. Well, <laughs> you can take them home and do the same. Oh, no. That's, yeah, that's those for you. Are, no, those are yours. We're not going to try to take those on the plane open. 
They're gonna <laughs> oh, harass us, yeah. Right. We got so much stuff. We got a pedal board. We got to bring back and stuff like that, and like miscellaneous harmonicas and things. So uh, they searched us on the way over. They went through our, our electronics, wanted to see what it all was, and both in London and in France when we went through France. But because um, <clears throat> our our airport is technically in France, it's shared with it's a French and Swiss airport. Mm. So if you walk out these doors, you're in France. You walk out these doors, you're in. <laughs> Here in Switzerland, so it's kind of funny, but um, yeah. So we we went through and they they swabbed all our stuff to see. If, well, yeah, you guys are a classic CIA co- cover up. Yeah, that's it. You, I could definitely see you in a suit and tie, black suit. You know, <laughs> she's over here looking all cool, shaved head. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. She's even got the you know the commie red hair, right? So yeah. she's, she's oh, obviously yeah. an operative, right? Some kind of. Yeah, the, the, the fake glasses with the black, black brim. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't say anything I gotta about I got to bring them in, boys. Got them. <laughs> they didn't say anything about the records, so that's cool. We got those in. Those are actually from the Czech Republic. They're, uh, well, you red, got those pressed in the Czech Republic? Yeah, it's really? red, red vinyl. Let me see that. Record. First time we've ever tried to do that overseas, because the last one we did at Cascade in near Portland. And... Um, so we already talked about this album, I think, on the last one about Paul Clay and all that. But it's different to hold it in your hand, for sure. Yeah, I wish uh, my friend, I, m- I met a local artist uh, a few weeks ago. Um, she goes by Anna, Anna X Art, something like that is her Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. She literally lives right here. There's this alleyway, and she's right there. Oh. And she has uh, she had opened up her place um, and was showing it off mm. um, and her artwork but I think they went to they went to Florida actually think oh, about that weird uh, this weekend because I was telling them I was like you guys gotta come out mm. you guys would connect with all the art and mm. all that but yeah unfortunately they were her and her husband are in Florida but it's just it, it's really weird it's always bittersweet to come here because the first weekend I was in Phoenix I was working for the Musical Instrument Museum and which I've yet still yet to go uh, I need to go wow Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's don't open like done. eight years or something. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Like, it's been a while. It's like the Grand Canyon. So people unbacked. from Arizona have never been. I've never it's been like, to the Grand Canyon. Oh wow! What? Wow. And you're from Arizona? Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. That is just crazy. Yes. I want to go, I, but I want to go uh, on a time where it's going to be really good to see the night sky because I want to. I want to. I've been wanting like an eight-inch telescope oh. to like really take it in. Yeah, Chaco Canyon's good for that too. Like. Well, they do uh, astronomy events there. Where's Chocolate Canyon? Uh, near New Farmington. Um, New Mexico. It's in New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But, the, but they, there was a theory going around that the whole thing was an astronomical observatory. Like, because like the different houses thing. are lined up with different events. Uh-huh. So, like, on uh-huh. the solstice, the sun comes up exactly uh, in this window. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the equinox or whatever, it's there's a shadow that falls over this building. And there's a lot of things that are... Too, too, too many of them that are yeah. for it to be a coincidence, and there are certain windows and certain great houses where it's like the, you know, you can see Venus in this window at this time of the year and things like that. So it's like they think that they were thinking of that, and yeah. was it just a sacred thing or was it? There's no way it was an accident, you know. So. Too, like it's too coincidence, I guess. I mean, but I don't know, man. That's the thing about like ancient, not ancient ancient times I'm not saying that's ancient but like you literally just stare up the sky there was nothing else to really distract us back Mm -hmm. in the day so you start to notice those patterns and Mm -hmm. then it's like yeah why not build something that honors the night sky Mm because it's so beautiful and vast and just 
just well, glorious. And especially if you think that that's where your ancestors are going, or that's yes. those are mythological creatures up there, and you're interacting with them. And I mean, uh, the Native American perspective on the sky itself is is that its texture is not you know it's not open space. It's yeah. you know it's just another plane, and um, and that's a very a really big complicated thing to try to for Western people to get their heads around, but um, right. uh, especially like you get into Hopi cosmology and stuff like that, it's pretty amazing. But, and these guys at Chaco were, you know, probably related. So um, uh, they, modern astronomers go there and set up because it's, there's no cities, it's really very close. So you can really see the stars there. And, yeah, open. Um, and they're, they're trying to honor that sort of idea that it might've been a place to observe the stars from. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, there, there were people who claimed there was a great magician that lived there and would uh, honestly like harness the stars. So like, and it could have been as much as if you realize there's going to be an eclipse and you say, "I'm going to take away the sun," you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, magicians, using it, yeah. magicians in the past all were they were what chemists and mm -hmm. just scientists. It's essentially what it was, right? Because they they studied these chemicals and, mm -hmm. and how they reacted, and then you know the layman, like me, I'd get fooled left and right. Sure. sure. <laughs> and a bit of theatrics in there, probably yes. too. So. Theatric sleight of hand. Well, um, I, there is talk of, of my workout group doing a Grand Canyon hike this year. Oh, they nice. did one last year, which I didn't do. But um, there's talk about doing rim to rim. Nice. But I want to nice. do rim to rim to rim. Oh, damn. In how no. what time? I don't know, three days? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's I don't fine. know. I think, I think we would hike down one. Uh, we'd hike down, stay the night, hike up, hike back down, and there uh -huh. the next day. So yeah. maybe two days, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's going to be brutal. You've done it? We we went down to the bottom, but we spent like three days at the bottom, so we had Ooh. time to re recuperate. But we still did hikes every day up to like waterfalls and stuff. Yeah. The thing that people don't realize is that it's it's so lush down there because the Colorado River is feeding it, so there's yeah. just really old trees and big big things. But you, you definitely have the feeling that there are rocks and things that you've never seen before because nobody has. Right. I mean, they're so old that... They're not. Well, yeah, it's at the bottom. They're not visible anywhere on the planet. You yeah. think about how many? Because what is that? Is that 800 feet to the bottom, or is it more than that? No, I don't not, even know. I don't know. Because you got to think like what? How much amount of time needs to pass for yeah. something to be layered yeah. 800 feet? Well, near one of the um, the Welcome Center type um, uh, places, they have a geology trail, and you can look at every single strata all the way down uh. to the bottom. And they have an example of it and tell you what kind of rock it is and everything and how it was formed. And that's pretty amazing to do. That, that's a nice little hike right up to, like, the science center that they have there. Uh, it's, it's amazing, yeah. But I, the most important strata is the upper strata. Right. <laughs> More than the Navajo sandstone. It, is. it creates a perfect atmosphere. Yeah. Uh -huh. This vinyl will create the perfect atmosphere in your home. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, I was going to say that it's funny that uh, it's bittersweet to be here because we, the first weekend I was in, in, um, in Phoenix, it was first Friday and they had the street closed off and a huge stage and it was all the, all the galleries were open with people going around and yeah. I was telephoning her and going, oh my God, you got to get down here. It's the coolest place. Yeah. And then it was all gone the next year. <laughs> they, they stopped letting them close the street. They, they stopped letting them do half of what they did and the police really cracked down on everything and it was, and then now I don't recognize 
a lot of the areas row anymore it's yeah like, my, this is like the last bastion of that those days yeah one of my new co-workers uh, i just walked past his building he used to have like a rock star clothing um you know boutique right here and it's, it's it still has the name of it right there and it's but it's closed down like yeah. it hit hard i think he co- he had to close it within the pandemic yeah mm. that's tough that's rough Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those stories. A lot of venues are gone. Venue we liked in Albuquerque is not going to reopen. So it's sad. Yeah. Sad about all that. Um, but this is this is weird because it's just the development that you know came in and yes. totally changed the atmosphere. And one by one, the businesses that we used to go to, like Joe Bot, is still open, but it's not Joe Bot like it was. You know, it's something else now. And yeah, sad. And here we are on the eve of the last leaf closing too. So. Hold on, hold on. This place is closing? Yeah, today is the second last night they're open. What? Yeah, so that's, you're doing I a historic like podcast right now because wow. this is like the next to the last show. Here. Should I have Amy on or Mary yeah. on after this? Yeah, maybe. After yeah. this, man. Yeah. Talk about Should I go it. grab her real quick? Yeah. Well, she's, she's serving. We'll talk. We'll just let her know. I'll, I guess I'd like to talk to her about yeah. you know, yeah. this being the second to last day. Yeah, yeah. sad. It's sad. And we played a lot of shows here. We played with punk bands. We played with... Dirt Moon, you remember Dirt Moon? Yeah, yeah, Graham and his buddy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different groups here, and it was never that we ever got booked here. We always got added to shows, and I'm not sure why that was, but people would ask us to come play with them, and we did that a bunch of times. We we would try to book a show. We never got booked here once. <laughs> it was really strange, um, but whatever. It, it's been a fun place for us, and we we used to like Sunday afternoon come down to Roosevelt Row and get it get a chai at Joe Bot and kind of look at yeah. the, the lawn known bookstore that used to be there go look at used books and no you know I never really hit downtown either I, you I, have I, not I been to the Grand Canyon you have not hit downtown <laughs> you didn't grow up here I know right <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fake Arizonan <laughs> <laughs> it's all a lie <laughs> I've detected it yeah and here I think I get out enough but not not in that sense not I guess I guess uh, exploring the culture never really was my my, my driving force mm. um you know, I got out, but it was, you know, to play sports or to, to see to see a show here and there. I Yeah, I, I wasn't mm-hmm. out as much as I should have been. Well, and it was amazing when the Crescent opened. That was like a new, mm-hmm. you know, a new yeah. era for the music scene. And then that got eclipsed by a lot of other venues. And Well, I think um, they own the Van Buren as well. Right, right. Yeah. Which is a whole other big thing. and. That's it's amazing because like there weren't very many venues when we moved to Arizona and we would play at the Rogue and Long Longs and a bunch of places that aren't there anymore either. No, so I think the Rogue is talking about reopening up somewhere uh, closer to downtown. Huh. But we just played Rhythm Room. We're going to play Rebel Lounge or no, there's a show tomorrow at Rebel Lounge. I think we're playing Rebel Lounge soon, but that's so that's still kicking. Mm-hmm. Pub Rock, which was, used to be the Chasers. We got a yep. show there later, uh, early, early April. There's some places that, you know, somehow stuck it out. Mm, yeah. 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 No, it's it's always like that. And I think the pandemic didn't help that process. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, when your business model is to get people in the door and pack right. it and you're right. not supposed to be packed and you're not, right. you're supposed to stay home. It's yeah. how, how do you survive? Well, in like places like the road, we would go and we would know everybody and, and we had played shows with everybody. So it was just like constantly hugging people. So that's not great. And, you know, for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it's not great. You know, I used to catch my daughter eating her boogers, and that's not great. But then I think, eh, 
you're probably getting recycling. Some, yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, but like you're 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 getting some. It's like you know when you when you play in the mud or you play in the dirt. It's like it's it's you're 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 testing your immune system, you know. <laughs> and I think that's what the the body and the soul requires a little bit of testing, a little bit of breaking down to rebuild stronger. Okay. As long so, as she didn't eat your boogers. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 those are those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you pick up a multivitamin. It does have silicone in there, so you know, eating some, eating some dirt. That's you know, true. You might be getting something useful out of it. Yeah, I think that's that's it. I, that's what. <laughs> uh, I, as I get older, I tend to appreciate the hardships and and something that's not so quite good for you in excess, mm. but a little bit here and there mm. allows your body to be like, okay, what the heck is this? Okay, we got a we got to mend our forces and, and come back stronger. So, so with that being said, hopefully the position we've been put in as, as a whole with the pandemic, maybe we will come back stronger mm -hmm. and, and better. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, the opposite is just too frightening to think of that. We didn't learn anything. From well, cause it it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy to just brush it away and, and not really analyze it. Yeah. And that it hasn't happened more often, I think, is yeah. is kind of startling. Um, but that's gloomy. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, and we. And Juan does not advocate the eating of dirt. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not eat your boogers. Not on tape. Please drink wine in excess. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding cookies are not an official sponsor of this one time. Yeah. At this point, they want nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Are, that's the fine print at the end of the podcast, right? Yeah. 10,000 little disclaimers. Hey, so I'm really big into psychedelics. Oh, no. What, where's, where's Switzerland stand with that? Are they a little bit more like... No idea. I, no no idea. idea. I mean, yeah. there's a culture of it in, like, that people go out in the woods and find them, but... Yes. And uh, I, I don't know that there's really much enforcement. In, like, I know for, like, people who, who want to eat them, like, eat, like wild mushrooms they have a ranger that will tell you if they're poisonous or not so oh, wow, that's i don't cool. know if they extend that to, to the recreational the, ones or yeah oh, i don't know gotcha. about just that. to protect like endangered species of fungi no, or to, the, protect, to protect the people from eating yeah. well that would make sense because yeah. here's the thing i was like you're people are gonna make i'll say poor decisions but to do that i wouldn't say it's a poor decision but you know people are gonna make less than stellar decisions and yeah. if if you can if you value life But you can say, okay, here, if you're going to be a dumbass, at least be an, be an informed dumbass in that sense. You know, if you're, if you're going to, I don't know, we're sitting here at a place where I could literally go back there and drink two bottles and, you know, probably have alcohol poisoning out of it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's something that's, that's legalized. Right? right, right. Well, there, I mean, marijuana is very, it's very relaxed as far as that. There, in our town, there are a lot of, uh, you know, pot shops on every other corner but we're kind of like in the wildest part of all of Switzerland so honestly oh, okay. where we live it's like uh, the most liberal the most out there even in Basel they're afraid of where we live so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we've got the bad reputation and they're like ooh you live over there we're not going there that's can we meet across the bridge in the safe area you know that's how it wow. is so yeah because there's big Basel little Basel and we're in Klein Basel which is the the wild of the wild But as soon as you cross out of Basel into Basel land, you get into the country and it's very conservative. It's totally different. But Basel Stadt, the city actually is 
has their reputation and, and they vote like that too so you see it where it's like it's a socialist city I mean it's it's way way left so yeah um, but there's a net for everybody you know there's a way you, you know you can't find a job or whatever you know you need mental health you need methadone whatever it is they, there's a net so you know they try to take care of their own um, but yeah we, we're kind of in the wild area but we, we not run into that because we're in a city so you have to be out in the country to find what we're you're not, talking about we're so. not in the wild area oh, gotcha. i mean you go to any 7-eleven in any state or city in the u.s and it's way worse than what well i mean Swiss for, people switzerland. Are afraid for switzerland it's for, wild. Yeah, yeah yeah it's all um what's the what's the what's the word i'm looking for or the the phrase like you have to uh, adjust for yeah the culture yeah and, yeah and exactly the, what is considered wild there and yes yeah, yeah but there is an area that was a bunch of old factories and things and it's just been taken over by artists and and clandestine restaurants and bars and yeah you know the city just kind of turns a blind eye to it but it's like it looks like some set from the road warrior or something like this it's just like repurposed boats and parts of things and that's pretty cool yeah so that's that's in our area <laughs> We played a show cool. out there, actually. We played a show in an old factory that, that had been turned into an arc In Mad Max outfits? Not, yeah. No, we should have. We should we have, yeah. yeah. There was fire out there. They had a big fire pit <laughs> and all this, like, sculptures around yeah. and stuff. It was pretty cool. And, but it, to walk through there, it felt like we were going through Syria or something because it was like they were leveling all these factories all around there. So it's, it's all disappearing. Why so. is that? Because so a lot of the factories just went to another country? Other countries, and then they're tearing them down to, to build apartment buildings and everything else just like everywhere it seems you know? yeah really even <laughs> there oh, dang. yeah i mean the like the the medieval center they won't do that there they'll leave the medieval center but um imagine that uproar if that happened yeah yeah <laughs> well and it's it's what do you do with all these historic buildings if you have hundreds of churches what do you do with them they cost a million well, a year shit. to keep open yeah that and eventually uh, you would think the infrastructure starts to uh, you know kind of fail and mm-hmm. you'll have to like invest into historic buildings them. yeah yeah well, and then uh, if the people don't exist anymore to restore them, how do you restore them? It's, it's a whole chain of events that that leads like churches to be basically decommissioned and turned into community centers or turned into museums. And our our main history museum in Basel is an old church that was basically decommissioned. It's no longer a sacred place because it couldn't afford to keep it open anymore. Is it uh, like a classic cathedral type? Yeah, it's like that. What's um, the main religion out there? Protestant, Christian, yeah, um, Lutheran. Lutheran, so the Calvinists crossed the border from France and uh, came up through Geneva, and um, basically that area of of, uh, of Switzerland is separate from France because of that, really, um, because of the religion, because the Huguenots, the the French Protestants, were being slaughtered and tortured, and they had to, they, fl- they had to flee, so they fled into Switzerland and they were tolerated there. Um, but her region actually is two two regions because of Protestant and Catholic. So her parents live in the Catholic region, but right across this river, you're in the Protestant region, and it's divided based on that to try to keep the peace yeah. back in the day. <laughs> you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. Yeah, and there's still a rivalry there. It's kind of interesting. Um, but in St. Gallen, where we lived for a while, I mean, the Catholic church and the Protestant church are like right on each other. Like, yeah, we're watching you. We're keeping, you know, they're like, it, it's interesting. I mean, we don't, we don't really get taught that. Yeah. Um, 
um, that that was people imagine it was a peaceful thing but why did the pilgrims come right to escape that kind of oppression right yeah, because yeah. Elizabeth for you to practice Catholic and they were not right so they had to get out or be burned so <sighs> good times good old good old religion why yeah why why <laughs> the world ends up the way it does you know right, right. Like trying to impose or trying to you know run from somebody imposing their own ideals on you right 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 so you want to grab I think maybe we could ask her yeah see yeah, if she would want see. to come on find out we'll see hey good job parallel parking earlier though whatever I didn't get to drive the van at all and then as soon as we have to parallel park probably if we would have run into snow he would have been like hey you drive <laughs> you have more experience in snow uh, he's from Florida. <laughs> I'm from Switzerland. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know Florida's the flattest state too, right? Yeah. It's not Nebraska. Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just remember news of the weird. It's always with people in Florida. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually glad that he's out. Yeah, it's always Florida. Florida Man is literally like a subreddit. Yeah. Florida Man. Yeah, if anything wild happened, it's it's <laughs> it's in Florida for sure. So you have that wildness in you there, uh, Johnny Two Snakes. When's the last time you've been called that? Well, really? I mean, you've been on tour, so. Actually, that came up a few days ago when we were in Santa Fe playing. That that name came up again in Santa Fe when we were playing, um, and that story got retold and. And I actually, we did a song, Wasteland, and um, there's this tuneless, or it's not tuneless, but like lyricless tune that I do in that song. And, and I wrote it trying to keep rattlesnakes away while on an archaeology project. And I told that story, and everybody thought that was really funny. It's like, yeah, I would sing to the rattlesnakes, and they would leave me alone. So, <laughs> did you have a shaker? <laughs> no, I might tap on my... On my on my chest or something like that, kind of Bobby McFerrin style or something. But it, it, it worked in and it became like the refrain in the song was the which was my rattlesnake song to keep them away. So they didn't want them hanging out with me. But they, they left me alone after that, so it worked. They weren't coming after me. So. You didn't think about maybe getting bit and becoming like some super like snake man or something? Uh, yeah. You're getting into the psychedelia again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, <laughs> just a nibble. Yeah, it's right there. No, I've talked to several people who've been bitten, and that's not anything that I need to go through, really. <laughs> Seriously. Not even for a good story, huh? No, no, no. No. <laughs> it's just terrible experience, apparently. But, yeah. I talked to one guy who's a Navajo guy that his grandfather just started praying over him when he got bit. Put him up on the on the Ramada thing and uh -huh. you know he's gone started chanting on him started praying on him like oh, I'm sending him sending him away and then a, a doctor came and actually saved his life but damn his grandpa was writing him off his, yeah his <laughs> grandpa was like oh well he's he's a goner started singing yeah I mean that's him. how it was back in the day before modern medicine right it's like you it's broke a leg it's your time you're yeah. done bye yeah, it was fun you, you know you were chosen to go it's your time so I mean, not to get it dark, but do you think that, like, because our medical, like, our, our modern medicine is so good, you think our our species is weaker as a whole because of it? Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I mean, that's the thing. We're very proud of technology, but pro uh, technology allows idiots to, yeah, you know, ride a bus but not understand how it works, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, you can, you can benefit from very sophisticated technology that you have no understanding of. It becomes like magic. And, it really is. I and mean, we're proud of ourselves, but really, if you break down technology from a hundred years ago, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, like a Edison wax cylinder is insane. How did they? What? You yeah. Know? There's so many things like that. You study old steam machines and stuff. It's like well, that's like a computer that they put so they could register just the flow of the steam and 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 it turns out the computers came from that. You know, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I did a whole seminar one time when I was in grad school on uh, reinventing the industrial revolution and taking it back to the Middle Ages because the time-saving devices and different things associated with, with water wheels and stuff. Mary's here. Yeah, just pop on in. I'll stop because this will, like, cure insomnia if I keep going. <laughs> it was good chatting with you, though, man. Good yeah, I you. love it. Thanks, Johnny. Hello. Hey. I'm the one of the bartenders here. My name's Mary. Hi, Mary. We met earlier. Yep. Um, I guess thanks for hosting and whatnot but i just yeah. i just realized that uh i guess this is the eve of your guys's last night it is it is we're very very sad about it it's been such a wonderful community space for so many people yeah yeah unfortunately i had only been here like once or twice prior yeah to it i, I was just telling them though, i never really got out to downtown or so yeah. so um what are some of like your fond memories here Oh, all of the bands that I've seen here have yeah. been phenomenal. I've absolutely loved getting to know the different musicians working here, like the jazz bands that play monthly. Yeah. Um, and then the community, you know, the people that I get to know that come here regularly. Um, this place is just a space where people are able to make friends and come and just feel like they're a part of, you know, the downtown scene and, and uh, life down here in community. I love it. I'm so, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thanks. It looks like you're the only bartender. So yeah. I'm gonna let Gotta you go pour some more beers. Handle. Yeah. Give, <laughs> give people a good time. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. That's been this one time. Yeah. Interesting way to end it there. So it looks like the lost leaf is closing up here in the next day or so. Um, but uh, all I can say is, man, get out, see your venues, see the acts. You know, support as much as you can. Support. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere needs everybody's asking for it. So where do you put your time and effort? And um, but I would just say just get out. Um, anyways, I'm gonna enjoy the upper strata later tonight, and then uh, we'll see kind of see where the night takes us. But thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Cheers. Love you.